treating symptoms without addressing the underlying cause is like putting a Band-Aid on a wound without cleaning and disinfecting it. It might temporarily provide relief, but the root cause of the issue remains unresolved and it can potentially get worse over time. Just like treating the symptoms of a disease may provide short-term relief, but it often fails to address the underlying factors that contribute to the disease's development. By focusing solely on symptoms, we miss the opportunity to identify and really address the causes that are leading to the cycle of reoccurring symptoms and incomplete healing. In contrast, if we address the root cause of a health issue, it allows for a more comprehensive and effective treatment. And that leads to long lasting improvements in our health and well being. It's like fixing the foundation of a building to ensure stability and structural integrity rather than just repairing superficial damages. That is, in a lot of cases, the difference between a holistic or functional medicine practitioner versus uh, a, a lot of modern day approaches to medicine. And um, that's not to say that uh, all doctors or um, you know pharmaceuticals are bad uh, and don't fix issues. Like that just is not true. Um, however, uh, a broader approach um, certainly um, can catch things and can fix things systemically that um, a lot of um, the, just the way that the medical system is set up um, is just not prepared to catch. And my next guest, uh, Sarah Baker, is someone who is focused on um, holistic health practitioning. Um, she's an integrative nutritionist and coach um, that helps clients uncover the root causes of their health challenges and guides them through an approachable nutrition, health, and lifestyle blueprint that is unique and easy to sustain. I have a really interesting conversation with Sarah and we dig into some practical approaches to addressing some very common health challenges, including stress and burnout. Welcome to Passion and Profits Without Burnout. I'm your host, Jacob Moore. I'm a speaker, coach, childhood suicide loss survivor, and filmmaker who left Hollywood to follow my heart of service. I've helped tens of thousands of people find the balance in their life between passion and profits. On the show, I'm going to teach you how to build a trauma-responsive, resilient, and impactful community and organization, all without burning out. Let's get started. So Sarah, in terms of our listeners who are uh, service leaders, who are working in healthcare, working in public health, community service, and uh, they're, they're generally uh, your, your, ter you know, your typical helpers um, who are you know, always working to better other people's lives. Um, they are caretaking for, um, for their community, for their clients. Um, some of them have families or aging parents. And, um, that, that means oftentimes, um, self-care gets relegated to last. It gets put on the back burner and, um, you know, burnout, um, is, is, is a real thing, uh, that a lot of people, um, 
you know, they deal with on a daily basis. And um, when we're looking at that from the perspective of functional medicine and taking a holistic approach to someone's health and wellness, um, we have to understand that um, it, it's no one thing, right? The, the symptom is not um, the same as uh, the cause or necessarily a direct correlation to uh, what we may think it is. Um, we were talking earlier about um, you know, diabetes and, and you know, your, your blood sugar um, being um, you know, high in, in some cases um, is not a direct indicator of um, necessarily the, the root cause being diabetes. Um, there could be other factors. Um, so my question to you is, um, in practical terms for people who are busy, for people who are maybe challenged by thinking to take care of themselves, um, without getting overwhelmed, without, um, trying to solve the whole, um, issue right now, what's just one step that someone can take to begin this process of understanding why they're feeling the way that they're feeling. Yeah. So there's, there's so many different like initial steps somebody could take, but I want to talk about one step that I'm currently fascinated about and obsessed with. And I'm like tracking it on myself. I got my little glucose monitor here is blood sugar. So, um, and you got me thinking about that because we're talking about diabetes. So tracking your, um, blood sugar, like your glucose and your insulin can give you a lot of insights into your health. Mm. Obviously it's, needed for those that have like pre-diabetes or type 1 or type 2 diabetes. Sure. But even for anybody that has any sort of health challenge, if it is impacting your energy, if it's impacting your mood, if it's impacting your the way you eat, the, the patterns that you eat or what you crave, and if it is impacting your sleep, mm -hmm. then you want to check your blood sugar because that is, that is a good set of data that can give you insights into, oh, okay, this part of my body is out, out of whack. whack. So Sarah, because can I pause right, right there? Because sure. um, this is something that I've been running into quite a bit. Um, I, I started endurance training at the beginning of the year um, for cardiovascular endurance, um, which is something I've never, ever done before. Um, and I just you know came to realize in a very challenging way that I was not um, taking care of myself in the way that I needed to um, around my my blood sugar. Um, and mm. I would just hit these walls um, when I was running. And, you know, what I was doing works for strength training. It works for, you know, power. But for this cardiovascular endurance, it's just like, oh my gosh. So I've had to like totally upend um, my process. So this like continual continuous glucose monitoring um, that you're doing, how can you, by, what product do you use by the way? It's called Very V-E-R-I. V-E-R-I. Okay. And mm -hmm. uh, how does it work? Can you, can you share what that yeah. So it is, it uses like the Freestyle Libre, which is a very, you know, standard, um, glucose monitor patch and it's very painless. It does prick your skin a little bit so that it could get that interstitial fluid to 
monitor it 24 seven and the app connects with the um, monitor app and the very app essentially tells you what your glucose level is 24 seven and how it can give you insights into what you're eating and the activities that you do and how you sleep and whatnot is that you would input your meal like your first meal of your day your breakfast you could also input your coffee and see how your coffee affects your blood sugar or your morning beverage. And it will obviously show you if your blood sugar spikes after it or not, if it drops too low. Um, I love it for understanding sleep patterns because our blood sugar naturally will go up and down throughout the night. But if it goes below 70, that's considered like hypoglycemic. And um, a lot of times people will have They'll fall asleep fine, but they'll have unexplained night wakings and we'll typically try to troubleshoot. Okay, well, is your blood sugar spiking overnight or is it going too low or is it your liver? Or is it just your or toddler screaming at you in the middle of the night? Yeah, like- your toddler. <laughs> <laughs> and your toddler's asleep, but you're still on alert wondering if your toddler's going to wake up again. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but, you know, sometimes blood sugar can play a role in, you know, sleep as well, but I'm going off track here. So, so how the, the very system works is it shows you like your 24 hour, um, blood sugar levels, and it will even monitor like your fasting insulin, your oscillation, meaning like how, how much it varies with like its peaks and its falls. Um, and a few other data points that, I just find really fascinating because for me personally right now, I am starting a ketogenic diet for neurological purposes and um, I'm loving, you know, I recommend it anytime you are starting any new type of like therapeutic diet or you're training for a fitness event or you're changing anything with your lifestyle or as like a baseline to see, okay, you know, I... I'm feeling so tired at 3 p.m. What is going on? You could check it. Or I feel anxious upon waking up. Like I'm so anxious. That could be blood sugar, right? It, it couldn't, it may not be the one thing that is causing you to feel anxious, but it could be a, a big barometer. contributor. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I recently so, had some um, annual blood work done and um, my fasting um, blood glucose level was, was high. Um, and okay. um, the recommendations, um, from uh, the program that I use inside tracker, um, which is very comprehensive, they use over mm-hmm. like 400 biomarkers, which a normal, you know, doctor blood test does like 50, something like that. It's, yeah, pretty, um, it's ba- like when you go to a, a regular doctor, they're like, are you dying? Nope. Okay. You're good. Yeah. Um, that's, that's good. Exactly. Um, but you know, the recommendations were things like take, you know, ALA or, um, garlic and, you know, some different things, um, to, you know, try to regulate that. Um, and it's been interesting to see, um, how that's affected, um, Mm -hmm. my blood sugar upon waking. Cause normally I just, I wasn't hungry waking up and I would have no appetite until, you know, around 10 AM now running in the morning, I am ravenous and I, I wake up and I like mm-hmm. I want like boiled potatoes and it's weird. Um so it's it's just interesting. So um what I'm what I'm hearing you say more practically is that understanding how our blood sugar levels fluctuate throughout the day can be mm-hmm. an indicator that um perhaps something with our um you know diet or or fuel that we're ingesting 
or our sleep or outside stressors are affecting our energy and our mood throughout the day. 100%. Yeah. So for someone who maybe, um, you know, a continuous uh, blood, you know, glucose monitoring device is not accessible for them. Mm-hmm. What can you look out for? How can you start to stay attuned? So this is what I, where I really want to go with the conversation is how can we start to bring awareness to these things and understand uh, without becoming obsessive, because that can be a, a challenging thing to um, to deal with. Uh, but how can we start to bring awareness to functional medicine in a way that's helpful for us to empower ourselves to start to make some some changes? Yeah. So a lot of it has to do with cultivating more body awareness. A lot of people are running through their day and their evening and they're not checking in with themselves or just taking a moment or a pause throughout the day to take note or doing like a body scan of how they're feeling. Um, And, you know, bringing more awareness to like, okay, what's, you know, the first steps to optimize my health. Well, I think even more important than blood sugar is just sleep. Like just making sure that you're getting quality sleep, because if you're not getting quality sleep, that's going to put you in a slightly insulin resistant state the next day. If you're not getting quality sleep, you're not going to be promoting like the human growth factor um, within your brain. If you're getting quality sleep, like you're not going to, you're not replenishing and killing off the dead cells that need to be gone. You're not, you know, cleansing all the organs. Like if you're not sleeping well, you're really not setting your health up for success. I think that is foundational above anything else is get your sleep in order. And I know, unfortunately, for so many parents that it's so hard to do that. Um, I was chronically and like probably clinically sleep deprived for a good three years. And that was a big contributor to my own personal health issues was that chronic sleep, because that pulled the trigger for a lot of things to go wrong with me. And I worked on my sleep for two years until I felt like I was back to my baseline of normalcy again with sleep. It's it's very, very important, especially for anybody that is in like a high level position or anybody that's serving the community, anybody that needs to be productive, to be sharp, to be creative. You need to work on your sleep. When you can optimize your sleep, you can optimize your hormones, you optimize your blood sugar, you optimize your immunity, you optimize your thyroid, your metabolism, your detoxification, literally every system in your body is optimized when you focus on your sleep. I think that sleep is probably the most productive thing that we can do uh, for Mm -hmm. leaders, for high functioning people, for those of us who are very ambitious it seems counterintuitive, but resting for the time that you need and allowing your body to literally rejuvenate, I think is the most productive thing. I was not always of that opinion. And granted, when I was younger, you know, I could, um, I, I won't say that I needed sleep less, but um, I, I think I was able to mask it better. And, Mm -hmm. um, really becoming a parent, um, I did not realize, did not realize the crucial role that sleep played in my ability to, to bounce back and to recover. Um, and and now when I don't get my, I mean, 
And I, I used to take it for granted, right? I would, I would just go to sleep. I would sleep for seven hours. I would wake up. And unless like I'd had alcohol or had a terribly stressful day or, you know, there was outside factors, like I would just sleep for seven hours. I would wake up and be, and I, I could go for, you know, 17 hours a day and just be fine. It was, mm -hmm. it was like whatever. And now uh, with getting really suboptimal sleep, it's like, oh my gosh. So for those of us who are in this state, and it's not possible to get that beautiful night's rest that we want to. How can we play catch up with rest? How can we take that time yeah. throughout the day and and maybe you know get get a little bit of that? Mm -hmm. um, what what is clinically and scientifically proven to help with sleep deprivation is just strategic meditation. So allowing yourself to get into a meditative state and slowing down your brain waves enough so that they can get down to theta. And if you're like a master down to delta, that's going to give you the same sort of rejuvenation and you know, repowering that sleep wood is just simple strategic meditation. Um, even self-hypnosis. I, you know, a lot of people think, oh, hypnosis is woo-woo. It's a dude with a clock. But it's really, it's literally the same thing as meditation, but it is just guided meditation. And technically, every guided meditation is hypnosis. Yeah. Because traditional meditation is blocking out all sensory stimulus and just focusing either on breathing or one tune of a song or, you know, like a flaming candle that's Tatra vision meditation. Right. Uh, so any sort of guided meditation, like headspace, um, oh. insight timer, all of those, those that's hypnosis, that's hypnosis. Yep. Um, so that's, that's the best way. And then people that are type a, or you're, you know, an entrepreneur and you're always thinking, you're probably thinking, how the heck am I going to settle down and quiet my thoughts for, uh, 10 minutes where I will always reply, practice, pr practice progressive muscle relaxation instead. Yes. Or yoga nidra, yep. which is the same thing as like progressive relaxation. Yep. Um, there's so many great YouTube videos. My favorite dude, his name is Michael Seeley, and he does a body scan meditation that I'm obsessed with. And it is perfect for individuals that don't like meditation because it brings you from, you know, thinking about your thoughts or something to sensing different parts of your body. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, so you're essentially going from like an open focus or you're essentially going from a narrow focus, thinking about, you know, whatever's popping up into your mind to an open awareness, just from going from thinking to sensing. And when you can get your brain to focus on just sensing different parts of your body, that's what slows down your brain waves to get to like theta. And then that rejuvenates you and helps you recover when you're going through those chapters of sleep deprivation. I when I, like I have two toddlers, a two and a four year old. And when I was in like the postpartum period, I, I luckily had the time to meditate for like an hour every day. And that helped me, um, you know, through those first sleep deprivation moments, but just even now, like taking 15 minutes on your lunch break yep. or 15 minutes as you transition from work to after work, <laughs> then that really helps you kind of recoup what you've lost. Yep. But ultimately I always say, if you're having sleep issues, go to bed earlier, just get in bed, take some CBD, do whatever you need to do. Yep. 
I, because it's that important. I agree with that. And that's something that I, I've had to rethink my own bedtime um, because I had it down to where I got the minimum amount and was able to be as productive as possible during the rest of my day. And now I'm like, well, if I'm waking, you know, for generally about an hour during the night, uh, then it's not, I can't spend the same amount of time in bed and expect to get what I need. And I'm getting suboptimal sleep during that time anyway. So now instead of going to bed at 10 PM, it's like, well, actually bedtime needs to be closer to nine because I can't control when, mm-hmm. when my son wakes up. And, you know, and sometimes it's, you know, five, exactly. And sometimes it's 6 a.m. And, you know, uh, and, and, and it's funny because, mm-hmm. you know, people used to always say, you know, well, sleep when the kid sleeps, you know, take naps when the, when the kid naps. And it's like, that is, that's baloney. Um, because, um, and, and I, and I, I say that in the sense that, um, baloney is like the worst, um, possible uh, meat product that you could ever consume, I believe. Uh, <laughs> um, so, but like, how could you possibly, yeah, sure. you know, get 100%. everything you need to get done um, while the kid is is sleeping? Um, that is the only time that you that you have. Um, so, uh, I, I like that mm-hmm. idea of, of you know catching those meditations, even if you can't sleep, how can you take that 10 minutes? So Sarah, you touched on something really interesting, which are transitions. Uh, I find that often when things are going to go awry, when things break down, um, especially in interpersonal situations, it's during transitions. Mm-hmm. It's when you are moving from one you know, place to another, from one state to another, a task to another, um, when we don't take that time to stop um, and if necessary, you know, reflect or um, set down what we were just experiencing and then transition into where we're going next. Um, I think this, um, this leads to that idea of nervous system regulation that we were talking about before. Um, can, can you speak to the importance of these transitions and those times when we need to downregulate so that our body can get out of that high stress, hypervigilant state. Yeah, it's, it's something that definitely contributes to sympathetic dominance when you are just going, going and going your let's, you know, let's take a entrepreneurial parent as an example, you're waking up, you barely have time to do your own morning routine because you have a child waking up at any time between five and six 30, you're trying to manage them throughout the morning. You drop them off to preschool. You have to rush back home or to the office. You jump straight into work. You have a quick lunch break. You go back into work. You have to pick up your child from daycare. You come home, you have to make dinner. You put them to bed. Sarah, you're, then you're like describing my life. This is like, <laughs> right. It's kind of my life too right now, unfortunately. Um, but it's sometimes I feel like I just have to give clients tough love and just people in general, tough love because people always say, Oh my gosh, I have no time. I can't like, I'm always on the go. My job is so busy, but I will just tell you straight up. Like you need to 
discipline yourself and you need to change something. Something needs to change. If you're an entrepreneur, either outsource something or pull back a little bit, because if you are burning the candles at both ends continuously in the name of like wholesale culture or trying to be successful or trying to build your business, I mean, every single friend of mine that is an entrepreneur or, or owns the business, they have horrible health because they just go, 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 and they don't take little moments to pause in between those transitional moments, right? And they think that if they slow down, that they're not going to finish their work or they're not going to be successful or they're not going to kill it or move forward. And, you know, all this competition, we have to be the one to launch first or whatever the goal is or whatever the bottom line is. But you, you'll be more productive and you'll get more done in less time if you take like, power breaks, right? Or like a 10 minute power meditation or walk around the block for five minutes or like in between your meetings, stand up, go outside, put your feet in the grass. Or if you're working from home, clean your bedroom really quick, like take a break from thinking and just do something different to help you transition from like one meeting to the next. Because by when your brain is being pulled in all sorts of different directions, that causes a disconnect between the hemispheres. It, it causes a jumbled, mumbled brain communication and the brain waves become incoherent. The communication of your brain becomes incoherent and that results in less productivity, right? And so even like business owners that have employees, and I, I know like every business owner wants their employees to be working almost just as hard of as course. them. And if you are not like, you can't expect your employees to work just as hard as you because you're the yep. owner, but everybody I know has so much pressure in their jobs to always be doing something that is causing like mass burnout. And it's not going to, you're not going to lose out on work if you're taking those micro breaks like every hour. It's going to make you more productive. Yep. So you have to intentionally put alarms on your phone to like every hour to take a 10 minute break to do either a meditation, a breathing practice, jump out in a cold plunge if you have one, like whatever it is that you want to do. Don't scroll on social media because then you're still pulling your brain in 500 different directions. You want to do something that, again, takes you from a narrow focus to an open focus where like just prepping your lunch, like take 15 minutes to make your lunch, right? And that's a great break between you know, meetings or daily tasks within your job. Um, And if you are a parent that's picking up your kiddo from daycare, sit in the car for like five or 10 minutes. I mean, I see moms do that all the time at our preschool because they need that moment in between work and driving and kids where they can just sit and have a moment and then they can get back into that motherhood role. Yeah. Yeah, And I think those, you know, building in those times, um, whether it's five minutes in the car or doing quick meetings, you know, taking an hour long meeting and compressing it to, you know, 45 minutes or 50 minutes um, and building in that transition time. I love uh, setting reoccurring reminders, um, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's every hour on the hour, or every 90 minutes or whatever you need um, to be able to just get your head and body into something else 
Um, I, I think it's amazing. And for those who feel like they can't fit in um, fitness and exercise, um, Dr. Um, Dr. Huberman and Andy Gelpin just did a fantastic series um, on, on functional fitness and six minutes, six minutes of high intensity exercise that could be running up and down stairs, that could be sprinting, um, but all out work for six minutes uh, is basically worth an hour worth of low in, you know, low frequency cardio work. Um, mm -hmm. so if you feel like you cannot fit it in, um, it's just, it's just not true. Um, and that's where the tough love comes in, right, Sarah. And I think yeah, zooming exactly. out, yeah. you know, and looking at like, well, what are the goals that we have as leaders, as entrepreneurs, as people who are in the business of helping other people? Well, ultimately we want to, you know, we want to have successful lives. We want to have fulfilling lives. Mm -hmm. But if we're stressed out, burnt out, if our health is failing, um, if our lifespan is shortened, if our health span is shortened because we're sacrificing the here and now health and we're not able to enjoy it later, then like, what's actually the point? You know, mm -hmm. what have we actually accomplished? So um, I, I think that that's a really, um, you know, really important point um, to, to drive home. One thing, um, Sarah, that you um, have mentioned before is that having a diagnosis of something doesn't uh, isn't reason to lose hope. Can you talk mm -hmm. more about that? Um, those who are living with maybe a chronic illness or um, a, a diagnosis that is maybe a little scary um, and it and it can feel big and overwhelming. Um, why should we still have hope? Yeah, because it, it all stems down to the body wants to heal itself and the body wants to bring itself back into balance. I've healed my own autoimmune issues. I had Hashimoto's and I completely reversed it. Mm -hmm. And typically, if you would go to a conventional doctor, they would say you have to be on thyroid medication for the rest of your life. And that just simply isn't yeah. true. I've seen countless people beat cancer, beat autoimmune issues, they've reversed type two diabetes. They could like, it is possible for your body to heal itself because it wants to, yeah. your body doesn't want to mistakenly attack its own cells. Like that's not what your body was created to do. <laughs> Typically there's again, those underlying stressors that causes a cascade of issues to throw your body out of balance. And when you focus on addressing the different hidden stressors. And yes, it is an overwhelming journey. It is, but it's a long journey. But if you really want to help your body turn on its intelligence and its healing mechanisms to bring back homeostasis and balance back to your body systems, you have to have that dedication and that persistence. It doesn't need to be perfection, yeah. but it needs to be progress and consistency over a long period of time and by focusing on all the right things nervous system regulation sleep opening up your detox path pathways addressing stealth infections or invaders in the gut addressing hormones like working on every system of your body yeah. you are going to turn on that innate intelligence for your body to want to heal and itself. at the cellular it's level just, Right. Longer process. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that that's I, I think that's really um, an important perspective. And in this world um, that is so filled with, um, you know, ads that um, just shove pharmaceuticals down our throat um, and mm-hmm. promise quick fixes, um, mm-hmm. it it's a really challenging perspective to maintain. And I think that um, it really takes that long view to say there's there's a reason why um and and, and i don't want to like put all pharmaceuticals and traditional medicine into and i actually i hate the word um, traditional medicine because um (laughs) it's like traditional from what perspective from like the since modern medicine um because let's let's actually talk about what traditional medicine is um but uh my point is is that when we really look at how our bodies are made to function in this world and what they're capable of, um, the the quick fixes don't actually fix anything. You know, mm-hmm. we have to get down to that mm-hmm. that cellular level and let our bodies do what they're meant to do, um, and that takes time. You know, it's not, it's not mm-hmm. a light switch that you can flip on and off. Um, so where does someone go next if they, you know, they're, they're now um, starting to pay attention. They're, they're finding some things that they want to change, that they want to shift in their lives and um, becoming aware of, you know, some of mm-hmm. these, um, these hidden stressors. Um, what do they do next? How do they, you know, start to when they're ready, when they're not feeling so overwhelmed, start to really dig into this stuff in a way um, that they can make some practical changes. Yeah. So um, I typically will always say test, don't guess, Mm -hmm. just because people can spend a year plus trying to troubleshoot their own health and like Googling symptoms and, oh, let me just do this $100 parasite cleanse I see trending on TikTok and that's going to solve my problems. So like you can actually waste a lot of time trying to troubleshoot your own health if you're not feeling 100%. Um, so I always recommend getting functional labs, whether that's like a comprehensive hormone panel or a stool test if you're having GI issues um, or like a DHEA to cortisol ratio test or even like a nutrient deficiencies test because a lot of health challenges can stem from nutrition deficiencies, especially for women that have had children. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you, and you don't want to just be like throwing supplements at yourself thinking, Oh, like I saw this is going to optimize my mitochondria. Okay. And like, you don't even know if you have mitochondrial dysfunction right. or not. Like people just go down these rabbit holes and we'll just try to do all these things. And then they'll just get more frustrated six months later when nothing has worked. So you want to have data to see like what is going on, what is really going on in your yeah. body from a nutrient deficiency level, from like a gut health perspective, from a hormone perspective, from a stress perspective, and even from like a digestion perspective. Because if you can get all of those markers, then you have a pretty good idea of what is out of balance and then what you need to do to address that. So that's what I would think would be like a really good next step um, for anybody that's going through any sort of like health issue. I love that. And we'll link uh, in the show notes uh, where people can find you and learn more about your work and and your practice. Um, I think that it's 
your your advice earlier on, um, which was to work with you know a, a primary care physician uh, as well as um, someone who mm-hmm. is working on that more holistic level and and looking at that um, that functional medicine, um, I think is is very wise and um, mm-hmm. you know can help to you know address sort of all of our needs. Um, you know, on, on, on those, those levels as well. So, um, you know, thank you for your, your expertise and your, you know, your insights here. Um, I'm, I'm, and my mind is just thinking about like all the ways, um, that I can incorporate, um, these approaches into my life, um, in a more holistic way. So, um, thank you for, um, for giving me some, some things to think about. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you, Jacob, for having me. It was it was really great to chat with you in depth about all of this good stuff. Yeah, it's good to dig in. Thank you. I learned a ton during this episode, but my top three takeaways are these. First, the symptoms that we're experiencing are being caused by something. Often, it's not maybe the go-to in our mind. It can be a culmination of a number of hidden stressors that come together to form these symptoms or this disease that we're experiencing. When we start to tune in to those hidden stressors, we start to reveal the path to those symptoms that we're experiencing. The second thing that I really learned uh, is that there's a big difference between conventional medicine and root cause medicine. Uh, One traditionally, is focused on the symptoms that we're experiencing, whereas root cause medicine is really focused on those hidden stressors and understanding uh, more holistically uh, where they're coming from. And the third thing that I learned is that a diagnosis doesn't mean that the body can't heal. And while a diagnosis can be overwhelming, it can be stressful, it can be a challenging um, journey to navigate, uh, that while we are addressing that disease, our body can still do the work that it needs to working on those hidden stressors to, you know, get to a place of health and wellness again. And by working in concert with conventional medicine and holistic medicine, we can, you know, really accomplish the goals of mitigating symptoms and addressing the root cause at the same time. Thanks so much for listening to Passion and Profits Without Burnout. I hope that you found some impactful takeaways. And if you did, I'd love to hear from you. Share a screenshot on your IG story, tag me, or send me a quick message. This show is for you, so any feedback is welcomed. Hey, and make sure you're also subscribed to the show so you don't miss any of our new episodes. And if you could take a few minutes to leave me a five-star review. That'd be greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening and be well.